I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, an exciting lineup of programming has been unveiled by Global. And that lineup includes Queen Latifah, starring in an adaptation of an 80s classic. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I rarely enter the world of vampires because I'm a scaredy cat. Luckily, I found a comedy about them. I'll tell you about what we do in the shadows. And Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Exciting news for our friends at Global TV this week as Chorus Entertainment announced its new lineup of television series coming to its family of channels for the upcoming 2020-2021 season for Global, HD. TV Canada, Food Network Canada, W Network, Showcase, Adult Swim, History, YTV, Teletoon, and more. American Networks recently revealed their schedules, and obviously things are kind of weird and up in the air right now due to the pandemic. Production on all this stuff had to cease, and we don't yet know when they'll be able to start back up again. Nonetheless, TV Networks are making plans, and that includes Global, and they've got three new series coming that sound nifty, so let's start there. And And uh, we mentioned Queen Latifah. Well, this is cool because one of the shows that Global has picked up is The Equalizer. Remember that show from the 80s? No jokes! Don't you dare joke about that with me! It starred Edward Woodward as Robert McCall, a former secret agent with a shady past, now seeking repentance and doling out justice as The Equalizer. It was later updated for a movie starring Denzel Washington in 2014. I think you can be anything you want to be. Change your world. I promised I would never go back to being that person. But when somebody does something unspeakable to someone you hardly knew, you do something about it. Because you can. I mean about a girl. <laughs> you didn't take out five pimps. You took out the East Coast hub of the Russian Mafia. A man with his skill. I want to know who he really is. He won't stop until he kills you and anyone you care about. enough? Because I can keep going. Brick by brick, body by body. What do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at me? So in that movie, Washington played the man who, again, has a shady past and just wants a quiet, normal life. Then he meets Terry, a nice young woman who appears to be controlled by some bad men. So he brings the pain. There was a sequel in 2018. Both movies are pretty cool. Now there's this new TV show coming, and the equalizer will be played by Queen Latifah. My name is Queen Latifah, and I will be playing the Equalizer. Queen Latifah, when we heard she was involved, it was so exciting to us. She's badass, she's funny, she can be the person that people can trust. Having a female lead in the series makes it very relevant. This is one of the only jobs I've ever taken in my life where someone asked me the question one time, and I said yes immediately. This is cool. Queen Latifah has such presence, so I'm anxious to see how that plays out. Jeff, did you see either of the Equalizer movies? No, I thought they were about a superhero that was good at math. (laughs) Pulls out the abacus. I'll hit you with the abacus. I'm the Equalizer. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty cool movies, so I recommend uh, checking them out if you can find them. This next one has already been shot, and it's actually aired in Europe last year. It's a Canadian-British co-production called Departure, and it stars Canadian legend Christopher Plummer. Over 100,000 commercial flights leave airports every day. 
Most of them arrived safely. What was that? 716 is an answering. Answering. Incident. 950 has disappeared over the Atlantic. If there are survivors on the open water, six hours is all they will have. Let's find this plane. Departure was commissioned by Global, while NBC Universal bought the drama series to air in the UK, Germany, France, Spain, Poland, and Africa. It aired in the UK last summer, and now we're finally getting it on Global. You're saying somebody on board wanted that aircraft to disappear. Why did you leak this? Terrorism is the public's worst fear. You want to start a bloody war? Assad. Pleasure to meet you both. People went to great lengths to cover up. Aviation is the only industry where a man with a box cutter could put a halt on billions in revenue. Bartok made millions off a flight 716 going down. Loyalties can change, Harry. I screwed up. They're after me. Who's after you? We can't rule out any possibility at this time. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ride down. It's a six-part series that follows the investigation into the shocking disappearance of a passenger plane over the Atlantic. As mentioned, it stars Christopher Plummer, as well as Archie Punjabi, and a whole bunch of, hey, I know that person, actors that you've seen in movies and TV shows all over the place. This looks great. Hundreds of people are dead. Men, women, mums, dads, children. They were seated all around me. We were happy, excited. And they didn't deserve this. It's not possible. So there you go, Departure. Six episodes. That looks fun. And uh, the trailer for this next one also describes it as an event series. It's called Next. Mr. LeBlanc, Special Agent Salazar. Welcome to the Cybercrime Task Force. Two weeks ago, I noticed something strange. I'm almost positive this is not a person. It is not happy that I found it. Dr. Bernard Wise was killed in a series of cyber attacks. He noticed this code. I wrote this code. Artificial intelligence. I know. Makes you think about sci-fi and robots with red eyes. Forget all that crap. It's a kind that thinks like an actual person. I am your friend, right? Yeah. Who are you talking to? Eliza. She's asking me stuff. No, Eliza doesn't ask questions. She just answers them. I think my company had something to do with your friend's death. We were developing human-level AI until I killed it. I'm here to see my brother. You're not supposed to be in the building. He thinks your program is responsible for the deaths of three people. You've never been more wrong. Hello, Paul LeBlanc. I'm next. How can I help you? So this is from the team behind This Is Us. It's a propulsive thriller about the emergence of a deadly rogue artificial intelligence examining how technology is invading our lives in ways we don't yet understand. John Slattery from Mad Men leads the cast. It looks awesome. Although, Jeff Braun, it sounds kind of like how Skynet... Although, how how many Terminator movies have you seen? Uh, just the first two so far. Okay, all right. Because in the third one, uh, Skynet, Skynet is yeah, it's software. So it, uh, it, it, so this it actually sounds kind of similar to this in that it's a program that manages to infiltrate the the digital infrastructure, and that's how that version of Skynet uh, takes over. So next looks cool. When you heard the word next, did you get excited that it was an adaptation of the Nicolas Cage <laughs> film? Next, I, I did immediately think of the Nicolas Cage film and. 
and excited was not the word I would use to describe how I felt about it. That remains one of the three worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I still remember the vitriol that you oh. spat out when you reviewed that movie. I, I yelled at it in the theater, which <laughs> I, I, I never do, even when I don't like a movie. I was screaming, come on! And other things that weren't even that flattering at it. All right, so those are the three big new shows that Global is getting. As for returning shows, how about this? We know the music for that. Yeah, baby. Season one of Survivor. Sorry. I know we just spent like two months talking about Survivor, but uh, I miss it already, so I'm excited. Uh, You were going to say something. I was just, how are they ever going to, you know, put out something that's as good as the last season one? That's a tough thing to beat. I feel bad for season 41 of Survivor a little bit because we'll be comparing it to the last season and there's just no way it's going to be as good. Yeah, it was the spring, last spring and fall's uh, most watched reality show in Canada. And uh, here's the thing, like, so this was supposed to be filmed in March in Fiji, but of course COVID-19 hit. But uh, since that time, Fiji has been able to declare itself to be COVID-19 free. Uh, No new cases in the past 64 days or so. This is as of uh, yesterday, or as of Wednesday, pardon me. And uh, so they are going to green light uh, production for television and movies. So it looks like Survivor might start shooting in July, which means we could see this on the fall schedule. CBS tentatively has it set for a September 23rd launch. Well, if there is a television crew that can self-isolate itself... It's the Survivor crew. Yeah. Yeah, they just, <laughs> they just stay there for a little There's while. no outside influence going to crop up with cases there. Yeah, so that uh, hopefully will pop up in September on Global. Or on Global. And as far as, as other highlights on their schedule, uh, returning shows, New Amsterdam, Evil, FBI, and FBI Most Wanted, The Blacklist, MacGyver, SEAL Team, uh, Bull, and the NCISs. Uh, NCIS, NCIS, Cool J, and NCIS Quantum Leap, as we like to say. Then uh, comedies, The Neighborhood and The Unicorn. Looking ahead to 2021, you'll see the second season of Prodigal Son, the fourth season of 911. You've got SWAT, Global's original legal drama, Family Law, will debut. And then season two of another Global original, Nurses. And then uh, as you look to their... Oh, and this is also worth pointing out. The famed news programs, 60 Minutes and 48 Hours, will join Global's fall schedule. Uh, Global News, by the way, number one digital news brand in Canada. And the 2020 Canadian Country Music Awards are going to air on September 27th. If you want the full rundown, like including all the specialty channels like History, they're going to have more Vikings, more another season, eighth season of The Curse of Oak Island, as well as Beyond Oak Island. Those shows are super popular with those who watch them. W Network's got uh, more Outlander. Showcase has more stuff like The Sinner. So yeah, there's a full lineup. Just go to globalnews.ca uh, and you'll be able to find it there or go to uh, globaltv.com. All right, so that's the lineup for Global, but as for what's coming Soon on Netflix. Details on that next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're taking a look at some of the new stuff coming onto your TV in the next little while. And Netflix has unveiled its July schedule. I picked out what might be a few highlights. There's a raunchcom movie coming on the 3rd called Desperados, in which Nassim Pedrad sends a ranting email to the guy she thinks is ghosting her but then finds out he really got in an accident on vacation in Mexico. If Jared reads that email, my life is over. Oh my God. Would it be insane 
if I went to Mexico and erased the email. Yes. Please tell me you have a plan to find Jared's room. She doesn't have a plan. She never has a plan. What are you doing in Cabo? What do you think I followed you here like a lunatic because I'm so obsessed with you? I followed someone else because I'm so obsessed with him. That's Lamorne Morris as her ex-boyfriend there, which is fun because Pedrad and Morris were a couple on the show New Girl a couple years back. Anyways, that plot is literally a Seinfeld episode when George wanted to delete the message he left on a woman's answering machine. So I don't think we're in Oscar territory here, but it does look like harmless, silly fun. That's Desperados on Netflix on July 3rd. On July 10th, there's a movie called The Old Guard starring Charlize Theron. And this is what Netflix says about it. Quote, a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret just as an unexpected new member is discovered and quote it's based on a graphic novel and Charlie's Theron kicking butt is always sort of worth watching especially if it's free on Netflix a couple of new shows starting in the next couple of weeks that might be interesting one's called Warrior Nun it starts on July 2nd about a young woman who wakes up with a divine artifact in her back and then it gets caught in a war between the forces of heaven and hell so she's the warrior nun that's a good title yeah that um, one actually on looks uh, sorry to sorry to ju- interrupt yeah. you there, jeff but that one yeah. actually looks really cool um i watched the trailer for it and, and it looks like it's aimed at a younger audience it's got like uh it looks like it's sort of actiony and with a with a fun sort of attitude about it but i think it might be something yeah. i would be could get into so i might check that out ahead of because it was, so it comes out july 2nd uh, oh, so what is that? Next uh, week. It's oh, that's next Thursday it's, already. Oh, so I guess yeah. I. Oh, yeah. I think the embargo. I'm flying. Yeah, there was an embargo that was that that prevented me from watching it uh, for this weekend. So okay, maybe right. I'll just check it out next week. Right on. On July 3rd, uh, there's a new series called The Babysitter's Club, and it's based on the popular books from when we were young. Brett, uh, you're probably like me, probably spent more time playing with your GI Joes than you did reading Babysitter Club books. I was reading Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah, there you go. My sister read The Babysitter's Club, so, I mean, not that everything has to be boy or girl, but this is probably going to have a few more girl watchers and little boy watchers. On July 10th, there's a travel show called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. I only point that out because I find it weird that Zac Efron is doing a travel show, and this one you're going to love, Brett, on the 10th. It's called Old Crush Perfeito, which is dating around... Brazil edition. Six singles meet five different blind dates at trendy hotspots in Sao Paulo. Who will they choose for a second date? Oh, sweet. I will check that out for <laughs> sure. Thanks for the heads up. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I always, my favorite thing to check when the Netflix list comes out is the older movies that they're dumping on there because I actually like just going back and watching old movies or seeing some that I've never seen before. And on Canada Day, starting next Wednesday, that is, uh, you can watch Stand By Me, Catch Me If You Can, Once Upon a Time in the West, Zodiac, Tully, True Romance, True Grit, not sure if it's the Coen Brothers one or the original, probably the Coens, uh, The Big Short, The Italian Job, and Mean Girls, which has been on my list for a while but I've never seen, so I'll be glad to get around to that pretty soon. On the 6th, Crazy Rich Asians comes to Netflix, and on July 12th, um, three of the paranormal activities, not the first one, but the second, third, and fourth ones. And then at the end of the month, at the end of July, it'll be the last day for all the Indiana Jones movies and all the Godfathers, so if you've been meaning to get to... Indy and the Godfathers, you got one more month to do it. And as for Paranormal Activity, I remember seeing uh, the, well, I, th- I think I saw the first four, 
in theaters, and then I sort of gave up on them. Um, yeah. I, may, I may have gone back to watch the, the final one when it came up, but there were a couple in the middle that I didn't see. But even though the first one was cool, that was the one, like, uh, that, was the one that was made for like $15,000 or something and made so much money. Uh, so then the, the second one was a studio-produced film, so it it even though you it had those studio touches i found that one to be scarier maybe just because it had really? so it had so many awesome jump scares in it uh like it it made me want to run out of the theater and go home and cry to my mommy so i might have to rewatch that <laughs> one again uh and i will definitely be watching that oh crush perfecto and a little bit later in the show i'm going to tell you about Another show that is coming to Netflix this Saturday that is a it's a really cool show about time travel but it is a commitment like you you have to be all in on that so I'll explain that in a moment uh, but I got to hear Jeff's story about this vampire show he found a vampire comedy are you kidding details in a moment you're listening to the Couch Potatoes Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes I'm Jeff he's Brett And I started watching a hilarious series this week. It's been around for two seasons now. It's a sitcom mockumentary about vampires called What We Do in the Shadows. Nadja, Laszlo! Yes? Can you come downstairs for a second, please? The problems with living with other vampires are the vampires I have chosen to stay with. I wanted to talk about general hygiene in the set. Last night, there were all these people down there half drunk. Well, where did they find the alcohol? No. They were half drunk. They'd been half drunk. If you've got something to say, then damn well say it. It's not hygienic! What We Do in the Shadows airs on FX and streams on the FX Canada Now app. You can also just straight up buy it if you want. Um, the second season recently ended, and FXN ran a marathon of both seasons, 10 episodes each, which I rolled on with my PVR at home, and I started watching them this week. It's a mockumentary set on Staten Island, New York, and there's this cell of three vampires living in a house, and they're very dumb. Now, dumb guy comedy is one of my favorite kinds of comedy, especially when the characters are dumb, but also very confident and sure of themselves, which is the case here, like Will Ferrell movies or like Homer Simpson, that sort of thing. Uh, the leader is Nandor, and he lives with Laszlo and Nadia, who are married, or whatever the vampire equivalent of being married is. They also have human servants called familiars. Nandor's is Guillermo, who wants nothing more than to become a vampire himself one day. Guillermo is this sad sack, or at the very least put upon, uh, young man and he has to deal with Nandor's silly whims but he also has to live in the real world so there's this other humor which is the fish out of water stuff as these vampires look and act like they're in Transylvania 300 years ago but they're actually living in modern times in New York City uh, in one episode an ancient vampire baron orders them to take over North America and they go to a local city council meeting to try to scare the councillors into submitting to them only to be told it's a committee meeting and they have to come back the next week and so they just walk out uh, hat in hand. It's very funny. Um, There's also a fourth vampire in the house. His name is Colin. He's played by Mark Proch, whom fans of The Office will recognize as Dwight's building handyman helper from the later seasons. Now, Colin isn't a regular vampire. He's an energy vampire, which means he's really boring and dull, and he just saps the energy out of anyone unlucky enough to get stuck in a conversation with them. The main three are played by uh, actors Kay Van Novick, Matt Berry, and Natasha Dimitriou, all of whom have fairly lengthy IMDb credits, but I don't think are household names, at least not yet. I don't think I've seen anything that they've had big parts in. I did notice with that Matt Berry, Matt Berry um, actor, he's 
had bit parts and stuff I've seen, so I must have seen them before. I'd heard of the show for a while, and I'd been curious about it. It's based on a movie from 2014, which was written and directed by Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Clement, of course, is one half of Flight of the Concords, and Waititi just won a screenplay Oscar for his movie Jojo Rabbit. He also directed Thor Ragnarok. Uh, they're both from New Zealand, so... The comedy scene in New Zealand apparently is officially a thing, I guess. They did the movie years ago. They also created this TV show from that movie, but the characters are all different, so I don't think the two are really connected. I couldn't say for sure. I haven't seen the movie, and I didn't want to investigate too closely for fear of spoilers. You know, when you get into read too deep into the Wikipedia of something you, that you haven't seen yet, you're bound to be spoiled, so I just cut it short. Um, I watched the first three episodes of season one last night. I laughed out loud a lot. It was a great time. The show just goes down smooth. I couldn't believe how fast the episodes were all sudden over. I was like, oh wow, that was quick. Uh, there is some gore, but so far it's been for comedy purses, so it's not really gross. There's actually some impressive special effects as well, because they turn into bats and things like that. It looks really good. And there are also some purposefully bad special effects when they fly as humans, I think. They also show their aggression by hissing at each other and raising their hands like with their fingernails out, which is never not funny. So I highly recommend What We Do in the Shadows. Keep an eye out for it on the FX channel. They may rerun the series again soon, or again, you can stream it on the FX Canada Now app. And it is definitely coming back for a third season. It was renewed last month. I'm all in on What We Do in the Shadows, Brett. So how did you find this? Like, What led you to watch this show i think it just it would pop up in my twitter feed from other people recommending it and that sort of thing and the the season finale of season two was two or three weeks ago i think so and then people kept recommending it and i was like wow i should get in on this because and i'd heard it sporadically i think last year i heard about it too but i thought it was like a a real vampire show not like there's real vampires but like a scary vampire show so i sort of you know when i that stuff just goes right over my head in one ear and out the other but i kept seeing good things about this and i was like well and i saw that it was the whole series was going to come up on the in that marathon so i thought ah let's take a shot at this and i'm glad i did cool man I, yeah when i watched that trailer i was just howling with laughter this is a really unique and sort of bizarre looking show also flight of the concords did you watch any of that show yeah i love that show i watched all of it except um it was because it's a, it was a comedy, too, about this, these two guys that are in this band. And a lot of the episodes or all the episodes featured music from the band, which were like funny songs. I always fast forwarded through the songs. I don't know why. I just wanted to watch the, like the sketch kind of comedy that they were doing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, OK. Was it Don't, weird? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the, the songs were tremendous. And because one of them, uh, his name is Brett McKenzie. Uh, oh, yeah, I think Brett. they actually write a song. He writes a song for Brett. You got it going on. <laughs> hey there, Brett. I see you looking down. Don't want to see my little buddy there with a frown. Just because I get more women than you, well, that's only because they don't know you like I do. <laughs> ah, that, that could certainly be accurate for my life. Interesting thing about uh, Brett McKenzie as well. He played an elf in the Lord of the Rings movies. Which were filmed in New Zealand, of course. Yeah. I think... Every, it's uh, the same as the Icelandic acting community. Uh, everyone in the New Zealand uh, artistic community must know each other. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, I started watching something this week that I have been meaning to watch since last year, and I guess I was triggered to get on it because season three of this show comes out on Saturday on Netflix. Season two is what I'm talking about of Dark. Noch immer ist unklar, was genau die Ereignisse in Winden ausgelöst hat. Vielleicht können wir sie retten. Alle. All right, so the, the first thing that you likely picked up on is that it is German. It's the first ever German-language Netflix original series, but you can watch it in English if you would prefer. So it debuted back in December of 2017, and uh, it, was, it got positive reviews from critics, many people uh, comparing it to Stranger Things, but I would... I guess because it's a science fiction, you could make that comparison to Stranger Things. This is... A really uh, mind bendy show about time travel, and I think that's all you really need to know. Like, you don't need to know the setup, other than the setup. It's set in this small German town, and it's kind of bleak and desolate. But it takes place in multiple timelines, and sometimes it's hard to tell which timeline they're in, and uh, the ramifications of of one timeline that it has on another, and the way that they twist it all together. It's really cool, but it's really heavy, and it's I found it difficult to binge. Like I, I would try to go through two episodes in a night, and I just couldn't. So I would just do one episode a day, and I loved that first season. But it was back in 2017, so then when season two came out last June, I think, or last year, I, I thought, oh man, I gotta like read a recap or something because I don't remember. Ex- like you remember the nuts and bolts, but you don't remember the specifics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it aired in June of 2019. But I thought, no, I'm going to watch it. And as it turns out, watching season two, episode one, they kind of do a good enough job of where the action plays out in a way where you don't really need to remember everything specific. You could conceivably just pick it up from season two. I wouldn't recommend that. You, you got to watch season one to understand what they're up against. But I think you, it might even add to the mystery. So, yeah, all you need to know, it's a crazy time travel show that is in fact very dark like i said it's it's dark and desolate and season three arrives on saturday on netflix so i am pumped for that uh, hopefully i can eventually get to it because like i said i can only really get through one episode in a day before my brain has to shut down and say okay uh, what just happened because i think we visited 19 timelines in that show and i'm very confused <laughs> as to where everybody is and who everybody is so there you go up next we mentioned it off the top Michael Keaton to return as the Caped Crusader. Details on that next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and Michael Keaton may be reprising one of his most famous roles. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. 
Yes, Keaton in talks to be Batman again in the DC movie The Flash. Ezra Miller will play Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, just like he did in the Justice League movie. Now, The Hollywood Reporter also says Keaton could end up playing Batman in a bunch of movies in the DCEU, sort of like how Sam Jackson does in the Marvel movies, which may lead to some confusion because isn't Robert Pattinson playing Batman in a new movie? Yes, he is. It's called The Batman from director Matt Reeves, and it's being looked at apparently as separate from Flash and the other DC Universe movies. The Flash movie, though, is also said to maybe involve interdimensional travel like the show does which could open the door almost literally to different batman so you could have more than one batman because there'd be different dimensions and that sort of thing it's all talk right now of course and who knows when blockbuster filmmaking will ramp up again anyway so at this point nothing is set in stone but hey it'd be cool to see michael keaton as a older Batman again. Yeah, because there, I mean, there's been all sorts of rampant speculation that this will have to do with something called Batman Beyond, which was, I believe, a cartoon that featured uh, Batman having retired, and he then uh, sort of helps a young, you know, find, there's a, a new candidate, a young oh, candidate yeah. to become Batman, and he mentors uh, Batman. So, yeah, it's... Uh, hang on a second. I'm just trying to find the specifics. A possible it does into all sound cool, but it also... I mean, DC has biffed on so many things that it's it's hard to get too excited about it. Yeah, but I do like the idea. And the complication, too, is that he's involved in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? In the Spider-Man oh, yeah. world. That's right, he was the vulture, and uh, they didn't kill him off, they just put him in jail so he could theoretically re-enter the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I think mm. he's going to, uh, he will likely be the guy who forms the Sinister Six, because I know that Sony still wants to do their own little side oh, Spider-Man wow. stuff, and they've planted enough seeds, like the vulture was there, uh, Scorpion was there in that uh, first Spider-Man movie, I believe, uh, with Not Tom true. Holland. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nacho from uh, Better Call Saul plays yeah. uh, the Scorpion character. So, But hey, it's, I, I think it's exciting to hear about Michael Keaton as Batman. I thought he was a tremendous Batman. I know yep. Christian Bale in the Dark Knight series get sort of all the glory, but I still have a soft spot for that 1989 film. And I know even watching it now, it's horrendously dated in many parts of that film but it, it has such a unique look to it and a unique feel and i really liked michael keaton in that role so yeah yeah the acting is phenomenal in that still the music is good and and the look is good it's maybe not the best movie but it is it's still very much worth revisiting i watch it quite a bit actually and speaking of batman hollywood is remembering veteran director joel schumacher who died last monday in new york after battling with cancer many remembering joel schumacher director of iconic films including saint elmo's fire the lost boys and two batman movies including 1995's batman forever starring jim carrey as the riddler i can help you get Carrie writes on Twitter that Schumacher lived a wonderfully creative and heroic life. Lost Boys star Kiefer Sutherland writes that Schumacher's mark on modern culture and film will live on forever. Joel Schumacher died at 80 after a year-long battle with cancer. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. So I know we've said a lot of bad things about this guy over the year, or at least his movies, anyhow. And uh, we probably shouldn't say anything about Batman and Robin if we can't say anything nice. But Batman Forever uh, at the time was a huge deal, and it was a lot of fun. And actually, and the soundtrack was just killer on that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Batman Forever was a massive movie. It was a huge hit. And, and it, I 
loved it, but it came in a particularly sort of momentous time for me. Like I was just graduating from high school when mm-hmm. Batman Forever came out, so uh, it sort of locked into what my entire life was a massive event for me at that time, and also. The superhero burger from McDonald's. I've told you this story before, but the superhero burger was the taste of the month in promotion of Batman Forever, and it was a delicious burger. I had 16 of them that month, uh, defeating my friend Keith the Rizza. Uh, we had a competition to see who could eat more burgers in the more of that burger in the month. He had nine, I had 16. But yeah, looking at Joel Schumacher's. Uh, directorial credits like he did Phone Booth which was a great little movie in 2002 starring Colin Farrell that I loved uh, he also did uh, for, he did that Falling Down movie with that's uh, a good one yeah and I, it looks like he he's behind The Lost Boys did yep. I see that correctly? Um, I can't remember all the movies that were mentioned in that report. But yeah, he's got some great, great movies so let's not remember him for Batman and Robin Uh <laughs> And I liked I liked his the look of his films for the Batman movies too, right? Because Tim Burton's Batman, while it looked really cool and stylish, it was very dark. So when Joel Schumacher came in, everything sprung to life with tons of color. So it was a nice contrast in the uh, the previous two Batman and then Batman Returns. So I liked the look of his movies as well, even if they were a little campier or whatever. So he also did a, a Time to Kill, which is a pretty good uh, Grisham movie, and has also made Matthew McConaughey uh, uh, a Hollywood star and a household name. All right, we got about 45 seconds here. Just got to quickly mention something about uh, one of your favorite films. The box office had a new winner last weekend. Well, a new old winner. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park led the box office with, of course, a giant asterisk beside it. There are, of course, only a smattering of theaters open and no new movies, so a lot of old movies are being shown. JP taking in $517,000, taking the number one spot on 230 screens in North America. Another Spielberg classic, Jaws, finishing second with $516,000. Look at that. Uh, newer, <laughs> and I see newer movies followed with The Invisible Man at 383000 and Trolls World Tour with $275,000. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Subscribe to the podcast if you're hearing this on the radio because it arrives on podcast first. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.